Welcome to this Touch podcast activity, which has been recorded for Touch Oncology. In this podcast, three experts provide their insights on detection methods for HER2 amplification, as well as the clinical efficacy data for guideline-recommended HER2-targeted therapies and emerging HER2-targeted therapies for patients with metastatic colorectal cancer. This activity is funded by an independent medical education grant from CGen Inc. and is jointly provided by USF Health and Touch IME. In our first interview, Dr. Andrew Wotherspoon will discuss detecting HER2 amplification in colorectal cancer. He will provide an overview of the definition of HER2 positive tumours and how to best detect HER2 amplification in colorectal cancer outline the guideline recommendations regarding HER2 testing and discuss the challenges and barriers to HER2 testing. Hello, my name is Dr. Andrew Wotherspoon and today I'm going to talk about detecting HER2 amplification in colorectal cancer. Could you give some background on HER2 positive tumours in colorectal cancer and outline the current testing methods? So HER2, also known as ERB-B2, is a proto-oncogene which is located on chromosome 17 at region Q21. It encodes for a transmembrane glycoprotein receptor with tyrosine kinase activity. And it has been linked to resistance to anti-EGFR therapies. Amplification of HER2 oncogene or overexpression of its protein leads to hyperactivation of mitogenic signals and uncontrolled cellular proliferation and tumor genesis. In addition, activating mutations have also been identified in the HER2 oncogene, sometimes coexisting with HER2 amplification. HER2 has been recognized as uh, important in breast cancer for many years and more recently in cancers arising at the uh, gastroesophageal junction. But more recently, HER2 overexpression has been recognized as important in colorectal cancers. It is a, present in approximately 2% of all colorectal cancers. But if you take cases of stage 4 KRAS wild type colorectal cancers, this rises to approximately 5 to 6% of these cancers. Also, HER2 amplification has a higher prevalence in patients with left-sided tumors, particularly rectal adenocarcinomas. In current practice, HER2 overexpression and amplification is routinely detected by immunohistochemistry or in situ hybridization. In addition, NGS as a molecular technique can be used as an alternative to these uh, techniques to identify HER2 alterations and has the advantage of detecting a wide range of molecular alterations and quantifying the gene copy number, which could act as an additional biomarker to select patients who would benefit from HER2-targeted treatments. In general, most hospitals would use immunohistochemical staining as a first approach to assessing HER2 uh, overexpression or amplification because it is relatively cheap, re relatively quick turnaround time. 
And then in-situ hybridization is usually used as a backup to the immunohistochemical staining if the results are not clear-cut negative or positive. The use of uh, NGS, although it gives more information, is not really in routine practice in most hospitals, certainly in the United Kingdom, as it is expensive, takes a, a long turnaround time, uh, and is not available to uh, every hospital as an on-site um, process. What are the current guideline recommendations for HER2 testing? HER2 testing in colorectal cancer is only recently been uh, adopted as a um, predictive and prognostic marker. And the guidelines are variable across the globe. The ESMO guidelines suggest that uh, HER2 amplification should be tested in RAS wild type patients, but it doesn't recommend when that testing should be undertaken as uh, this therapy only becomes available at third and further line of treatment. Testing for HER2 activating mutations in the ESMO guidelines is not recommended outside clinical trials. And immunohistochemistry and in situ hybridization are recommended as the HER2 testing methods. The NCCN guidelines are similar with HER2 testing recommended in patients uh, unless they are RAS or BRAF mutated. And again, immunohistochemical and in situ hybridization techniques are recommended, although in these guidelines, NGS can also be uh, used for assessing HER2 abnormalities. The CAP guidelines and the NICE guidelines do not specifically recommend HER2 testing at any stage uh, in the uh, treatment pathway. HER2 testing in colorectal cancer is fairly variable across uh, different uh, hospitals and, and institutions. At the moment, many uh, patients will have HER2 tested on their material at the request of the treating physician, rather than as a reflex test on all patients that are uh, diagnosed with colorectal cancer. The advantages of following these guidelines is that um, there is a consistency across the board for patient management, and that is um, of benefit to the patients. But cur currently, where there are no specific guidelines, HER2 can be tested at uh, the discretion of either the pathologist or of the uh, treating physician. Many treating physicians would prefer HER2 testing to be done as a reflex investigation at the time of initial diagnosis so that their, um, that information is available to them at the time when uh, a HER2-related therapy may become an option for the patient. Why is it important to test for HER2 amplifications? So the importance of testing for 
her two amplifications is to identify patients for whom a HER2 related therapy may become an option at uh, some stage in the future care. In addition to identifying those patients who could respond to a targeted therapy, HER2 amplification is also of benefit because it can predict patients who may not respond to anti-EGFR related therapies and therefore will reduce the um, possibility of patients being subjected to therapies which are unlikely to be of benefit to them and may indeed produce some harmful side effects. So for this reason, HER2 amplification testing is really quite important, even though the uh, actual numbers of patients who will turn out to be HER2 positive is um, somewhat small. In your opinion, what are the biggest challenges currently surrounding HER2 testing in metastatic colorectal cancer, and how can they be overcome? One of the uh, main challenges around HER2 testing is uh, awareness both in the treating clinician and pathologist population about the um, emerging importance of HER2-related therapies and the role of HER2 in uh, predicting patients who will not respond to uh, anti-EGFR therapies. Uh, As time passes, then uh, clinician awareness will obviously increase as uh, more publications come out, more trials are completed, and more uh, educational uh, sessions are um, provided. In addition to that, uh, HER2 uh, testing often does not form part of insurance coverage in the United States, and uh, also uh, for the smaller number of patients uh, who undergo private care in the United Kingdom. And therefore, getting, uh, getting payment for these tests can uh, be um, challenging. The test itself is one of the more expensive immunohistochemical tests that are performed in pathological uh, laboratories. And therefore, there is a reluctance to um, over-test, over-use these tests uh, when the majority of patients will turn out to um, lack HER2 amplification. So um, financing is is also part uh, of the uh, problem around uh, routine HER2 testing. As time passes, clinician awareness and knowledge does increase, but currently I think there is, uh, to a degree, a lack of knowledge among uh, clinicians about uh, what to test for in metastatic colorectal carcinoma. In addition to these, there is a lack of standardization for the assessment or scoring of HER2 positive cases in colorectal uh, carcinoma. The scoring systems have been variable dependent on tumor types. So 
historically, the scoring system for breast carcinoma is different from the scoring system for um, gastroesophageal carcinoma. And no real strict diagnostic criteria are in existence for the assessment of HER2 positivity in colorectal carcinoma. And there is quite wide variation in the cutoffs used for HER2 assessment. In general, HER2 staining is assessed with a 0 to 3 plus scoring system, with 0 being equivalent to negative and 3 plus being equivalent to positive. In addition, weak staining uh, is considered to be negative, whereas moderate staining may indicate uh, HER2 amplification. And in these cases, scored as HER2 2+, it is recommended that in situ hybridization is uh, undertaken to assess for uh, amplification by uh, quantifying the number of HER2 signals compared to the number of uh, centromeric signals for chromosome uh, 17, with a ratio of greater than two considered to be um, considered to be positive, pushing that HER2 immunohistochemical positive result into a uh, positive HER2 case. Now, the quantification of cells that have to be positive in immunohistochemical staining to assess for a positive and negative uh, HER2 amplification uh, is uh, variable between different clinical guideline um, uh, providers, with some uh, institutions suggesting that the number of cells that have to be assessed are around the 50% uh, area, while other authors have used 10% as the boundaries for their HER2 um, scoring criteria. So this makes assessment of HER2 in colorectal cancer somewhat problematic and may lead to variation in patients considered uh, suitable for anti-HER2 therapy. I think as uh, clinical trials uh, develop and complete, then there will be a better idea of which scoring system and which boundaries are most suitable to give the best patient outcomes for the future. Thank you for those interesting insights, Dr. Wotherspoon. Now let's move on to our next topic with Dr. Andrea Sersek, who will discuss individualizing therapy in HER2 amplified colorectal cancer. Hello, my name is Dr. Andrea Sersek, and in this session, I'll be talking about guideline recommended HER2 targeted approaches, as well as individualizing treatment for patients with metastatic colorectal cancer. What are the current guideline-recommended HER2-targeted approaches for metastatic colorectal cancer? HER2 has emerged as a very important target in metastatic colorectal cancer. So just very briefly, HER2 is the receptor tyrosine kinase, which is encoded by ERBB2. It has no soluble ligand, and it heterodimerizes other HER2 family members. 
in metastatic colorectal cancer, these tumors that are HER2 amplified or HER2 mutated tend to be more left-sided. They're not mutually exclusive with RAS and BRAF mutations. And this is really important to keep in mind because we have a lot of data now demonstrating that combinations with monoclonal antibodies and TKIs do not work in RAS mutated tumors. So we really need a HER2 amplified RAS or BRAF wild type tumor to use monoclonal antibodies and TKIs in combination. Clinically, these, these uh, HER2 amplified tumors are associated with, with metastases, most typically lung and brain metastases. And there are data retrospectively that they are resistant to anti-EGFR antibodies. So that's something important to keep in mind um, clinically. So speaking of the, the drug landscape that we have available for targeting HER2 in metastatic colorectal cancer, we have monoclonal antibodies, trastuzumab and, and pertuzumab. Um, we have TKIs that are used in combination, such as tucatinib and lapatinib that are tyrosine kinase inhibitors. Um, and then we have ADCs or antibody drug conjugate, and in this case, in metastatic colorectal cancer, trastuzumab and darixtecan. So looking as a broad overview in terms of guideline recommendations, so we follow the ESMO and uh, NCCN guidelines, depending on our location, and ESMO guidelines do endorse HER2 inhibition typically in, in third or later lines of therapy using a combination of trastuzumab with lapatinib or trastuzumab with pertuzumab, especially in RAS wild-type tumors. Additionally, monotherapy with the ADC, trastuzumab, darixtecan is a recommended option in ESMO guidelines. In NCCN guidelines in the United States, similarly, trastuzumab in combination with either pertuzumab, lapatinib, or tucatinib, or trastuzumab darixtecan are recommended as options in subsequent lines of therapy in patients with HER2-amplified RAS or BRAF wild-type tumors. Um, but in patients that are not tolerant of, of standard therapies, trastuzumab with, again, combination pertuzumab, lapatinib, or tucatinib may also be appropriate for initial therapy um, in those patients. What is the supporting evidence for use of guideline-recommended HER2-targeted approaches in metastatic colorectal cancer? We have several studies now supporting use of HER2-targeted therapy in metastatic colorectal cancer. The first uh, trials really were the MyPathway and Heracles uh, trials. Uh, the MyPathway study assessed the efficacy of trastuzumab and pertuzumab in patients with treatment-refractory metastatic colorectal cancer with HER2 amplification. It was a phase 2A study, and it was actually a basket trial with multiple other HER2-amplified solid tumors in patients who had previously received first-line therapy. The total of patients with metastatic colorectal cancer treated was 57, and the data were very exciting and very promising, uh, where we were used to seeing you know, no responses, just a bit of survival benefit in this patient population the combination of trastuzumab and pertuzumab in these selected patients with HER2-amplified tumors actually had an overall response rate of 32%, a median PFS of 2.9 months, but a significant overall survival benefit of 11.5 months. And similarly, the Heracles trial assessed the activity of trastuzumab and lapatinib in patients with HER2-positive 
um, KRS wild type metastatic colorectal cancer after failure of standard therapies. Um, this was also a phase two study. It was a multi-center open label study, 27 patients treated. Um, patients received trastuzumab and lapatinib, and it was well tolerated and active in patients with refractory HER2 amplified tumors. And here also, it was noted that the overall response rate was 30%. Median PFS was 21 weeks. And the median overall survival was, was 46 weeks, also very similar overall survival. Um, and importantly, here we learned that patients with RAS mutated tumors did not have the same benefit. So this was the suggestion that really this was an Im important to select patients, not only with virtual amplified tumors, but also with um, RAS and wild-type tumors. A more recent study, the Mountaineer trial, looked at the activity of trastuzumab and ticatinib, another tyrosine kinase inhibitor, a bit more specific, um, but more highly selective for HER2. And this was a phase two global study, uh, open label, in patients with chemorefractory HER2-positive RAS wild-type unresectable metastatic colorectal cancer. Um, and here the response rate was 38%, median PFS was 8.2 months, and a huge median OS benefit of 24.1 months, which is really unprecedented in metastatic colorectal cancer, certainly in an unselected uh, patient population in the refractory setting. So very excited data. The study was, uh, the drug was also very well, drug combination was very well tolerated. And now moving on to the antibody drug conjugate, the Destiny CRC01 study assessed the activity of trastuzumab derixtecan, which again is an ADC of humanized anti-HER2 antibody bound to a topoisomerase 1 inhibitor. Also phase 2 study, open label, multi-center patients with HER2-expressing metastatic colorectal cancer. 53 patients were treated. Excellent overall response rate of 45.3%, medium PFS, medium PFS of 6.9 months, and an OS of 15.5 months. And this distinguishing factor here, and I think what's important to keep in mind, is that patients with RAS mutated tumors did appear to benefit from this antibody drug uh, conjugation combo of uh, uh, trastuzumab derastecan, really because the mechanism of drug delivery is different and the, the activity to downstream effects are different. So we don't need these tumors to be RAS wild type, and that's an important thing for us to keep in mind in terms of use of this therapy and in terms of future um, um, clinical trials and future development in metastatic colorectal cancer. What considerations are needed for individualizing therapy and treatment sequencing for metastatic colorectal cancer in clinical practice? Extremely important. Um, I think the number one most important thing is HER2 testing. All patients should have HER2 testing, ideally at the time of diagnosis of stage four disease or metastatic disease. And that can be done by immunohistochemistry, or it can be done by next generation sequencing of the tumor where we can see both HER2 amplification as well as the RAS status. And this is becoming increasingly more important as we discussed in the NCCN and ESMO guidelines. Uh, these therapies are recommended for patients with HER2 amplified tumors in later lines of therapy, but they are currently explored in a clinical trial 
of the Mountaineer of O3 study in the first-line setting as well. And in the NCCN guidelines, there is uh, the endorsement of HER2-targeted therapy, even in the first-line setting in patients who can't tolerate um, cytotoxic chemotherapy. So that's a really critical uh, and important piece of information uh, that we need now when getting the, the to know the landscape of the mutational profile uh, in metastatic colorectal cancer. Um, overall, um, as we've discussed, the data are quite impressive um, in terms of targeting her to amplified tumors. Uh, we see excellent responses in patients that have responses. They are durable, uh, which is evidenced by the the really um, huge benefit in in overall survival in in really in each of the studies. Uh, the drugs are are well tolerated for the most part. Most common. Uh, adverse events are, are diarrhea, nausea, fatigue, vomiting, uh, and anemia. But in clinical trials, as well as in, in clinical practice, in, in treating patients uh, off study, these uh, side effects can be very well managed with supportive medications, and, and patients do not often require significant uh, delay uh, due to toxicity uh, or, or dose reduction due to toxicity. So um, extremely well tolerated. We do have to keep in mind, um, in terms of the monoclonal antibody trastuzumab in particular, we have to pay attention to potential cardiotoxicities. Echocardiograms are important um, in this uh, patient population treated with virtue-targeted therapy. Uh, and then in terms of uh, more serious adverse events, we did see in the ADC and trastuzumab darixtecan interstitial lung disease, um, which was uh, a limiting toxicity um, that was uh, fatal uh, in the initial study with a higher uh, dosing. Subsequently, the Destiny CRCO2 study, which was just presented at ASCO uh, this past June in, in 2023, evaluated the efficacy and safety of a lower dose of 5.4 milligrams per kilogram of trastuzumab darixtecan compared with the initially studied dose of 6.4 milligrams per kilogram. Uh, and in fact, the, the efficacy was the same and the um, safety was better um, with a lower dose. So really endorsing the, the, lower, um, the lower dosing of 5.4 milligrams per kilogram um, of trastuzumab darixtecan in this patient population. I think the important other thing to keep in mind is, is sequencing and how do we best treat our patients. As I noted, I think the we'll learn um, from current uh, clinical trial, if this if this combination is beneficial, if targeting HER2 is beneficial in first line therapy, we assume that this that this will be the case. So we obviously need the data to see that. But given the the significant responses and the durable responses that we see in the refractory setting, we're obviously very hopeful that we'll be able to move uh, this treatment into earlier and earlier lines of therapy. In terms of sequencing, I think this this remains to be debated. Certainly, the combination can be used in the second-line setting, depending on the sequencing of cytotoxic chemotherapy. If the tumor is RAS-RAP wild-type, a combination of trastuzumab and a TKI, um, the FDA has now um, approved trastuzumab and, and tacatinib in the United States. Uh, it is very well tolerated, so that would be a very good option uh, in terms of sequencing if the tumor is RAS mutated. I think the trastuzumab darixtecan would be um, a good choice in that uh, situation. What's unknown is 
in the wild type tumors, is there any benefit of doing trastuzumab derex TKN first versus combination with the TKI? I think that remains debated and, and largely unknown, um, uh, but certainly either of those uh, combinations is, is an option. Thank you, Dr. Sarsek, for sharing those insights. In our next interview with Dr. Elena Eleth, we'll take a closer look at the future perspectives in targeting HER2-amplified metastatic colorectal cancer. Hello, my name is Elena Eleth, and today I'm going to talk about future perspectives in HER2-amplified metastatic colorectal cancer. What further evidence supports HER2-targeted therapies working in combination with immunotherapies? An interesting combination is uh, trastuzumab emtensin together with pertuzumab. Trastuzumab emtensin, the so-called TDM1, is an antibody drug conjugate of trastuzumab and emtensin, the cytotoxic agent, namely the DM1, which is a microtubule inhibitor. The idea is that uh, the TDM1 will retain the trastuzumab activity, guaranteeing the delivery inside the cell of the DM1 in cells with HER2 overexpression. So this agent has been evaluated in the Heracles B study, which is a phase two trial in patients with RAS, BRAF, wild type HER2 positive refractory colorectal cancer. Nearly a half of the population included in the study had received equal or more than four lines of treatment. And the HER2 assessment was performed by immunohistochemistry and each according to the Heracles criteria. So 31 patients were treated in the trial, and although the trial did not meet its primary endpoint of overall response rate, the anti-HER2 treatment showed good rates of sustained disease control at 77% and a progression-free survival of four months with a favorable safety profile. Regarding trastuzumab-pertuzumab, this compound has been evaluated in two landmark studies, the TRIUMPH and the TAPUR trials. The TRIMS study assessed the efficacy of pertuzumab-trastuzumab in patients with HER2 amplification prospectively confirmed by tumor tissue or CTDN analysis. The study recruited 27 patients in the tissue-positive group and 25 in the CTDNA group, all being RASP-RAF wild type deserving similar benefit irrespective of the type of sample analyzed with a median overall survival of 10 and 8 months for tissue and DNA, respectively, and a progression-free survival of 4 and 3 months each. On the other hand, the TAPUR study evaluated the pertuzumab plus trastuzumab combination in patients with HER2 amplification of HER2-3 mutation. A total of 28 patients with HER2 overexpression and 10 patients with mutation were included in this phase 2 trial for heavily protected population. The combination treatment does not have anti-tumor activity in patients with HER2-3 mutation, and uh, benefit is seen in patients with HER2 amplification. So the benefit was limited to patients with HER2 overexpression with an overall survival of 60 versus nearly 30 weeks and a progression-free survival of 17 and 9.6 weeks each. What other approaches are being investigated for patients with HER2-amplified metastatic colorectal cancer? 
So beyond other well-known compounds being explored in HER2 colorectal cancer, like is the case of Strastuzumab deruxtecan or Tucatinib, we have new molecules, like is the case of Pyrotinib, which is an irreversible dual pan herb TKI. The HER2 FUSG trial is investigating the efficacy of pyrotinib and trastuzumab in patients with HER2 positive colorectal cancer, showing a promising activity of trastuzumab and pyrotinib in RAS wild type and HER2 positive metastatic colorectal cancer, also showing a favorable and safety profile, what it could represent a, safe, um, a feasible option for our patients with this particular clinical profile. We have also data of the combinations, including trastuzumab and neratinib or thiduximab plus neratinib. As it is well known, neratinib is a small molecule, which is an irreversible PAN inhibitor of EGFR, HER2, and HER4 members of the ERBP tyrosine kinase family. The clinical trial exploring this particular uh, treatment combination is the NSABP FC11 study, which evaluated the activity of the dual MAP kinase pathway inhibition based on HER2 status, either amplified, non-amplified, or mutated. The study showed an overall response rate for all the patients who received at least one dose of therapy of uh, 33%. On the other hand, sanidatamab is a biospecific antibody targeting two epitopes of HER2, the ECD2, which is the pertuzumab binding domain, and the ECD4, which is the trastuzumab binding domain. This compound exhibits unique mechanisms of action, such as improved receptor internalization and doubt regulation relative to trastuzumab and the drug is being evaluated in several tumor types and in combination with chemotherapeutic regimens showing promising activity in heavily predicted patients, including colorectal cancer. The overall response rate in evaluable patients has been described in a 41% of cases. What considerations are needed around HER2-targeted therapies and what are potential future strategies? So particularly in colorectal cancer, we know that the mechanisms activating HER2 parallel pathways or even downstream effectors, like is the case of uh, RAS, PA3K, uh, are involved in both primary and secondary resistance to HER2 blockade. So identifying resistance mechanisms is crucial to better select patients most likely to benefit from anti-HER2 therapies, as well as uh, developing new therapeutic aims to overcome resistance. An example of this approach would be the Heracles Rescue Trial that aims to investigate the activity of trastuzumab emptancy in patients previously treated and progressed with lapatinib and trastuzumab in the Heracles A trial. We have also other potential strategies for HER2-targeted therapies in colorectal cancer in early phase trials, like is the case of uh, cancer vaccines, including HER2 peptides recognizing uh, by T-lymphocytes or immune-stimulating antibody conjugate consisting of a trastuzumab biosimilar chemically conjugated to a toll-like receptor 7 or 8 agonist or natural killer cell products targeting HER2 overexpressing solid tumors 
uh, or other options like uh, chimeric antigen receptor, what it's called the CAR T cells targeting HER2 in combination with an intratumor injection of uh, oncolytic uh, adenovirus. In fact, uh, several efforts have been developed focused on this particular subtype of colorectal cancer that I think has been consolidated as a subtype of its own, and it's our responsibility to uh, enrich the inclusion of these particular patients in clinical trials, trying to elucidate which is the best treatment option and the best treatment sequencing. Thank you for your attention. That's very interesting, Dr. Eleth. Thank you for sharing your insights on this topic. Thank you for listening to this Touch podcast. You can access more content on this and related topics on Touch Oncology at www.touchoncology.com.